thanks to our sponsor, ShareGate. You probably didn't get into cloud engineering to spend hours manually sifting through layers of data or manually creating reports to understand and explain your Azure costs. Neither did the IT pros at ShareGate, which is why they built ShareGate Overcast. ShareGate Overcast is an Azure cost intelligence tool that reduces manual monitoring and helps you make cost-efficient engineering decisions. And it can help you lower your Azure bill. ShareGate Overcast scans your Azure environment daily and analyzes your cost data. It automatically identifies cost issues and gives you the insights that you need to fix problems fast. Plus, with personalized cost savings recommendations, you can be sure that you're only paying for the resources that you need. And best of all, you can get ShareGate Overcast for free. Find out more at sharegate.com slash cloud show. This is the Microsoft Cloud Show, episode 390. Today, CJ and I are going to look back at 2020. Sorry. Recorded live January the 4th, 2021. This episode is brought to you by Raygun. Have you ever wondered if you could be offering a faster, less buggy application experience for your customers? With Raygun Application Performance Monitoring, you have all the information you need at your fingertips to find and fix errors and performance problems across your tech stack down to the line of code. With Raygun, monitor the impact of your performance improvements, quickly identify and resolve issues, and see how your code performs in the hands of your customers, saving you time, money, and sanity. I've personally used Raygun and Hyperfish for the last four years to help me sleep better at night knowing the customers we've worked so hard to get are having a great experience. We use Raygun to alert engineers proactively so that we can be the ones to tell customers when we've fixed the problem instead of them calling us to say something's wrong. Raygun.com is my secret weapon in shipping high-quality code. Check it out at raygun.com and get up and running in minutes. Back to the show. CJ, I had to apologize and warn people that we would be looking back at 2020. So yeah, we're not going to yeah. go with the flaming, you know, bag of poo and stuff that we're going <laughs> to. We're going to try and just focus on the cloudy stuff this time. <laughs> yeah, the dumpster fire that was 2020. Yeah, no, we'll try and focus on the more interesting stuff on the tech side of Microsoft Cloud Show related stuff, as opposed to the dumpster fire of the rest of the year. Have you seen that spoof on Netflix about a review of 2020? No. You got to go look at it. It's got people like Hugh Grant and Samuel Jackson. And oh, cool. the best parts of it, you got Samuel Jackson who's playing the role of like some reporter. And they're like, he's like, so what are we doing here? And the director like off screen goes, we want to look back at some of the biggest stories of 2020. And Samuel Jackson kind of gives him this cocked look and he's like, why the, would you want to do that? <laughs> why? Oh, this is going to be good. So it's a very much a parody or a spoof. So. Oh, great. I'll yeah. check it out. That sounds fun. But Anyway, hey, how we, have you been over the break? You and I even took a nice little break on the podcast as well. Sorry for everybody to give you a heads up on that. Our plan was to keep recording. And I was like, then we realized like, oh, wait a minute, we're scheduled to record on Christmas Eve. And then it's like, oh, we're scheduled to record on New Year's Eve. And oh, shoot, this isn't going to work. And it's like, you know what? You and I collectively took two weeks off on recording it. And, you know, it's been nice. We've had my family, we've just kind of, not like we went anywhere, but uh, it was a nice Christmas, nice New Year's, nice quiet. We did actually got, our family does a, a tradition of going to go see a movie and having, going to get burgers and going to see a movie on Christmas, on New Year's Eve and then be back in. But wasn't really an option at, uh, in our area. Movie theaters aren't really, aren't doing anything. So we got to make it somewhat special and do something. So we decided let's do burgers at home and let's do a movie marathon. Nice. We did it at home for a couple of weeks. I didn't think this was going to happen. And then even as it was happening, I expected it to fall apart. But 
Where my family actually chose to watch the entire Matrix trilogy on New Year's Eve. We started, we did the first one at around noon. We did the second one around mid-afternoon, took a break. And we did the third one at night and finished it at about 11.30. Wow. Yeah. Or, or I should like, I say, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I expected them to bail. I mean, after the first one, I sat there and I was, Meredith's like, do we have to hide anything from the kids? I'm like, uh, there's a couple gross parts. The first movie that I'll warn Catherine about. And there's two parts in the second movie that I are like adult content, but I definitely want either one of the kids to look at. But if I'm not mistaken, they can just close their eyes. They can, because there's no music or anything or sound that they're going to have to sure. be aware of. And I remember doing both of those. And like, there was the one where they were in the, the restaurant and the girls eating the cake. And I was like, okay, close your eyes. And we're just like, why do they have to close their eyes? I was I like, they need to the close cake. their eyes. Okay. I'll have to look it up. Merovingian and the blonde and the yeah. cake. And she really enjoyed her cake. Oh. <laughs> and it was, uh, Meredith kind of looked over at me. She had her eyes open wide. She's like, what in the world? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's they can't hear anything. They don't know what's going on. That's fine. It's just, they just, as long as they don't see anything, it's fine. She's like, oh my God. God, <laughs> yeah, they watched it. The kids loved it. And wow, that's cool. Part of it, you know, it's one of those movies. I had a little bit of, I've watched it multiple times. And then I, this time watching it, I actually feel like I have a better grasp on it. The entire story. Yeah, I, pro- I need to once. watch them again. So, yeah, I don't think I've seen them all together like that. Like I've seen them, you know, years apart from one another. And it probably doesn't have quite the same impact or context between them. Yeah. It's good now because when you look back at with all the discussions going on with um, artificial intelligence, it finally clicked this time, like what happened, what their version of history is and when it takes time or when it takes, when the movie, the setting is, because the last ones came out in 2003. And if you think about it, like artificial intelligence was all just kind of like talk. I mean, that's 17 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? How did the graphics stand up? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, because often I remember thinking about going to those movies way back, hmm. you know, and thinking, wow, totally blown away by the graphics. That's amazing. And then you look at them now and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Well, I mean, we did because we watched like, we watched uh, Die Hard on Christmas Eve or right up leading up to Christmas. And they're like, oh my God, these, these effects are so bad. And I'm like, Look when the movie was made. No kidding. Yeah. But like yeah. when you look at The Matrix, I'm like, you didn't see those same things, did you? Like, no, this was really well done. I'm like, yeah, and it's still 20 years old. That's cool. Yeah, so how about you? We had a really chilled <laughs> break. We didn't do too much. We just hung out and the kids did a bunch of reading. We've watched a bunch of movies together as a family. And the weather's been pretty terrible. So we haven't been doing much outside. So it was, it was a really relaxing period, actually. It was great. Good. I've been... Uh, Tinkering on an Arduino project with FlightSim and um, having to remember how to program in C++ again. And um, I've never really done anything with hardware, so it was quite fun from that aspect of trying not to, you know, cook any boards and blow myself up. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a cool little project. So I just played around with that and had a couple of late nights doing that as well, it's fair to say. Yeah, I know you might have touched on this a couple of times. That is something I would... I love to go to a workshop and like, we're going to build this and yeah. go through an entire scenario. And it's like, 
what are we going to do? And you just have an entire thing. So that would be so much fun. Not like little tinker, little, little things like, like what you've done and what I've done, but I'm like, let's go really do something. Let's go. Yeah. We're going to use, here's all the different sensors and we're going to build this from yeah. start to finish. We're going to have to program some stuff. We're going to do this. And here are the things that we're going to use. And there's probably like a Udemy class that does that. But I mean, I would love to be able to carve out like just a week and just go like, you know what? I'm going to immerse myself and do that. Yeah. I found myself like layering things, mm-hmm. you know, so I'd learn how to make an LED blink and then I'd be, okay, cool. That's easy. Then I, how do rotary encoders work? So then go figure out how rotary encoders work and do all the theory on that and sort of sort of layering up in the stack until I'm dealing with more complex things about like communication with your own PC and mm-hmm. dealing with LCD screens and all that sort of stuff. It was quite fun. Yeah. Uh, it's that that is fun. That's and fun. cheap, relatively <laughs> cheap. You know, for I don't know forty or fifty bucks, you can get a whole set of stuff that you can start playing with, mm-hmm. including an Arduino board and buttons and wires and all you know resistors and all that sort of stuff, and you can start playing. So it's you know, it's not crazy off the scale expensive to get started. Yeah, agreed. It's, it isn't, and it's and there's tons of resources out there as well. Tons oh, yeah. of stuff where you can learn stuff. It's the hard part for me was always like like there's lots of little pieces together, but there was nothing that really pulled the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The story yeah, together yeah. That, that I had a hard time grasping, but like an end to end thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's the workshop thing I was talking about. Like there, I found a, actually a guy on on Udemy that's got a class that I bought the class and I never did it. But it was one of those things like a whole embedded thing. Like we're going to build this. We're going to do the enclosure. We're going to here's the kind of sensors we're going to do. We're going to binary sensors and then. Right. Uh, or digital sensors, and then we're going to have some analog stuff as well, and then here's how we can do lights, and here's how we can do a servo, and I was like, oh, this is what I want to do, and yeah, I want to do uh, it, but I also, cool. I'm a little afraid to do it too, because I'm, I want to do it with my fish tank, and I don't want to, you know, cause a leak, and then be, you know, gone, and next thing I know, I've got a second floor, like 100 gallons, or just, you know, going into the master bedroom. <laughs> yeah, water, uh, I'm not so sure, but, you know, though, it does make me wonder, you know, you get these little gadgets and gizmos from time to time, and you're like, Really, is this just an Arduino and a little box that's doing a couple of things that I could have done myself? You know, it makes you realize things aren't often as complicated as they look on the outside. At the beginning of this whole pandemic, I don't know if you remember this, but back at the beginning of 2020, like my oven died. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Like right when the pandemic happened and we didn't want a repairman coming in the house. And so I ended up like... Diagnosing the problem, come to find out, oh, look, it's this problem. Repairman said it was this problem. That's not what it was. It's like, oh, well, you have that done. And you start picking through stuff and you're like, all right, I'm smart enough to know that this little green circuit board right here shouldn't have this like place on the spot that look that looks like it's been cooked. Dark and black. Like, yeah. So what is that part? And I go look and it's like, oh, look, that's this. And that controls this. And it controls being cooked. your errors of and yeah. it, like next thing I know, it's like, oh, that's the thing that controls the fan motor, the fan blower. And by the way, the error code you're getting is that. Fan blower isn't isn't working. Like found there you it. Go. I know why. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, but it's, it's fun. You go through you work. troubleshooting all that stuff, and it's like ah, it's cool. Yeah, when you get out your multimeter and you're poking around inside things and trying to figure out how stuff works, it's quite fun. Yeah. Okay. So today, what we're going to do? We're going to look back at 2020, and the way we're going to do this, we have three things we want to cover today. We're going to briefly look at some new stuff. We're going to run through that in just a minute. But then we want to review what we did, what we talked about last year. Last year, we did an episode, uh, it was episode 342, where we talked about what our wishes were for 2020 and what our goals were for 2020. And we'll go through the goals and wishes things in a minute. But first, we want to run through 
some new stuff and just offer a couple comments on on a couple things just as a look back. We're not going to do a deep introspective look back and stuff, but sound good, CJ? Sounds good. All right. So let's first dive into the news. This episode is sponsored by Nintex. If you could score an extra hour or two back in your day, wouldn't you take it? Because our friends at Nintex want to give you a gift, the gift of time. Seriously, if you haven't checked out what Nintex has to offer lately, you should. The platform built on Azure has evolved a lot. In just the past few months, the Nintex team has added new process mapping capabilities and most recently a new eSign capability called Nintex Sign, powered by Adobe Sign. Nintex also continues to revolutionize products that you know and trust, including Nintex Workflow and Forms. With the power of Nintex, it is faster and easier for you to configure, not code, giving you valuable time back every day to spend it how you want. Test drive the Nintex Process Cloud at Nintex.com. And now back to the show. Okay, CJ, we got I have a couple things. I'll throw one or two things out and um, we'll chat about a couple couple bits here. And then how about you do the same? So some things I'm trying to go in a little, we're trying to keep it chronological. Maybe you guys that are listening to this, you guys and gals listen to this, you're going to be like, oh yeah, that was this year. I because tell you really, what, it's been difficult, right? Because it's such a blur, man. This year has just been such a blur for me. Mm-hmm. It sort of feels, it doesn't feel like sort of, to me, there doesn't feel like definitive times in the year that I remember specifically. So, for example, in other years, there's been things like, oh, yeah, I went to Orlando, and that's where we heard about blah, 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 whatever it was, right? And there's been these sort of periods or, you know, traveled to here or went to this customer visit or whatever it happened to be. And there's been these defined periods in the year that sort of demarcate various things, and sort of match up to various uh, news and announcements and things that we've heard coming out. But this year, there's been no mileposts. There's no mile markers through the year that have really helped me sort of demarcate what's happened at different times. And so it's all sort of just sort of splurged into one big morass. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. So for me, I don't agree. And it's kind of, this oh, is going to be interesting to hear this because we're actually tied together in what mine is. But because of what how it unfolded, we weren't. So to me, this whole year started, you and I were supposed to go spend some time with Sharegate yep. at the beginning of the year. It was going to be at the, very, at the very end of January, very beginning of February. Yep. And I remember like watching news and stuff. I'll never forget like sitting at our dining room table. My wife's like, you're really like just kind of, you seem like really edgy about this whole virus that's going on over in China. I'm like, this could turn into something. I'm, I'm not like one to kind of freak out about stuff. It's like, this is getting to the point now where it's kind of like going, could this really happen now? And yeah. I was, so, you know, my, my alert was up, but I wasn't like, oh my God, we're going to have a pandemic. And got on a plane, flew over to Seattle. At that time, Seattle had like one case, but it was uh, the, that one case wasn't known until after, yeah. until after I was already gone. So I was out there for an event and the news was just constantly coming out about it. And so I'm watching this, I'm watching this. And then that, at, on, when I was out in Seattle... I know you were in Australia and you had come home and I was supposed to fly on a Saturday from Seattle to Montreal and you were going to fly out on Sunday to do the same flight. And there was some stuff that kind of came up. We were going to have to cancel like at the last minute. And we ultimately decided like on my way to the airport, we decided we're going to cancel or pretty much we're going to cancel. And that's when to me, like everything started to unravel because that was, I remember standing in the Seattle airport 
That's seeing true. these flights coming in from Asia, getting a little anxious, seeing people walking around with masks. Then I get to JFK and I see people walking around with masks. And it yep. started like, that's when everything started to kind of like, the water started to boil. I was like, all right, this is starting to get a little freaky now. That's true. Yeah, I remember that trip to Australia and I was in the US airports and I was like, you know, on the way to Australia. And I was like, oh yeah, it's not so bad. There's, there's a few people wearing masks or whatever. And I landed in Australia and there was basically the whole airport were wearing masks. Like it was like night and day. And that really hit me. Like that really hit me of like, wow, actually, there's a lot of people that are masked up here. And, um, and I think I remember saying something to you at the time about, yeah, I sort of felt like I got off the plane, held my breath and just ran through. <laughs> ran through the airport until I got outside. But um, yeah, and then same on the way back. Yeah, that was really the turning point. You said that and I was like, I'll, I keep going back to like, I remember getting off the plane or landing in JFK, not knowing if we were canceling our trip or not. I didn't have, I wasn't able to connect and get a message. We had decided, kind of we, you, me, whatever, we had decided and it was like going, look, I'm, I'm cool to cancel. We're going to cancel it, but we're going to cancel it. I need to do it before I get on a plane in JFK because I don't want, I want to be in JFK to try and get back to Florida and not in Montreal to get back because JFK mm-hmm. is like a hub for me. Mm-hmm. So I landed and it was like, okay, we're not doing it. Cool. Cancel out. Boom. Let me go through and get a flight. Let me get it. And I remember just standing at JFK airport, like, all right, this is really uncomfortable. But anyway. Yeah, no, fair enough. That was, that was really the beginning of the year. For me, it was that it was, I guess the beginning of the unraveling. That's <laughs> true. No clue it was going to get like this. Yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy. But there but have hey, been there have been some tech things that have happened this year. There have been quite a few. Microsoft finally announced that IE eleven was going to die and was going to go away, and they released Credge, a real browser with a yep. real like rendering engine. Granted, it's just Chrome with a Microsoft shim on it, <laughs> but, but it hey. is real. <laughs> it's real, <laughs> and it's better than what we had. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, better than IE. That's for sure. Yeah, but so, know, is a, so is a I've, piece of paper. I've used Credge a little bit. I've been surprisingly using it a little bit more and more. Not as my primary browser. I still use Chrome as my primary browser, but I use Credge a little bit. And it's for it's for one really big use, and that's demo tenants in Office 365. Mm, okay. You know, so I'll, yeah. like I have a development tenant that I use, my, my personal sort of dev tenant. Mm. And... I log into that because A, it keeps my Microsoft account and work account cookie shenanigans at bay with Microsoft mm-hmm. properties. You know, so Chrome is personal account. I can log in with Microsoft account into various things like that. And when I want to use my development tenant, I'm not sort of crossing the beams like in yeah. Ghostbusters yeah. and having to log out and log in and blah. Yeah. So yeah, now I just use Credge for that. I have nothing against Credge. I just there's been nothing with it that is compelling enough to use it. Yeah. Whereas so many of our friends that have like, oh, I stopped using Chrome and using Credge now. It's so much better. I'm like, yeah, I mean, with the difference of just saying that you don't want to use Chrome because Google has it and you use Credge because Microsoft did it, it's like, that's not a good enough reason for me. And no, there's no. no feature that really is compelling enough. There's no performance isn't there. Memory management isn't there. It's the same. It's the exact same yeah. to me. So, no, anyway. there hasn't been anything compelling enough in there for me to move. But at least the best thing that has will come out of this is IE deprecation and the mm-hmm. impact on software builders who make software for companies. Mm-hmm. Right? Because having to deal with IE in a corporate environment and making products, especially, 
where you don't know, you don't always have complete control over what versions of what browsers people have got installed and all that sort of stuff. You can support, but you have to support a whole bunch. And IE is always the one that stands out. It's like, really? You want us to support IE 9 or IE 11 or whatever? You've got to be joking. Like, mm-hmm. do you know how old that is? <laughs> it's funny when like the more like different third-party libraries you want to use in building a website and they're like, yeah, we dropped yeah. IE support altogether and all of a sudden our package is so much smaller because you don't have all this other crap that we have to put Yeah, exactly. But Uh-oh. that will take a little, a little bit of time to wash through, but I am very pleased at the progress <laughs> this year that's been made in that. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. The next one that I thought was, I mean, kind of like the elephant in the room, although it's not really uh, much of a secret, is the impact of the pandemic, but mostly in the cloud stuff. So it's... It's the elephant, yet it's invisible. (laughs) Well, there we go. (laughs) It's the impact that it's had on, really, it's two different categories. It's one is like the whole work from home slash virtual school, and then how that has impacted... Teams, Zoom, and then all the derivatives that come from that. Like nobody can yep. find a decent webcam right now. And then all yeah. of the, the balls that people have dropped and how, you know, watching all these people on. I had this interaction with one of the reporters for NBC News. And I was like, you know, it's been really interesting. Uh, Kate Snow. And I was like, I kind of went back and forth on Twitter. And I was like, you know, it's been really funny watching you do interviews because you have progressively found different things to get your laptop to be up off the desk. So it was more, your camera was more <laughs> eye level with you. And you've gone from, I remember seeing like you had literally, you had like a, a stew pot upside down. You had books up and down. And then you had a whole bunch of other stuff that was all set up that, and, and like towers and stuff that were like, like now you have an official tower. I was like, this is so impressive. This is so impressive. Yeah, I mean, this year has been nuts, right? For the changes of how many kids are working from home, working from. How many kids are doing school from home? Your comment about webcams was hilarious because earlier this year, my webcam died and I went online to go get a webcam thinking, cool, I'll just do like same day prime or something like that to get a new webcam. It was like trying to find tickets to your favorite concert right at the last minute, right? Mm. Impossible. And it just really struck me as, wow, like our supply chain has suddenly just dropped off a cliff because uh, demand is so high that they can't keep up. And um, I think with things like chairs, desks, working from home gear, webcams, apparently like Microsoft's results regarding like PC shipments are up, right? People are buying more computers now laptop shipments, things like that for home. It all makes sense when you think about it. It just it just really didn't strike me particularly well until I went to go looking for a webcam. But I think one of the more interesting things that's come out of this is how fast Teams has been running and adding new features and so forth. Mm-hmm. And that episode that we did with Jeff Teeper was really good. Like I really enjoyed that conversation. Not blowing our own trumpets, but Jeff was really the, you know, was awesome in that and telling us and talking to us about how they've reacted, I thought was really good. It just sort of blew my mind that, you know, they are holding together effectively parts of the fabric of society, right? Of kids being able to attend school, then being able to get their jobs done and shipping product is holding together kids' educations and things like that. That's incredible. Yeah, I... I completely agree with you. I was floored. That was by far my favorite episode of the entire year. That conversation with him because it wasn't. Fo- we, what I liked about it is that the, it wasn't a focus on like features or something, but it was 
how in the world did you do this? You basically taken, and I don't, I don't mean to say like the analogy I used with somebody was that they took a Cessna and they retrofitted it to be a 747 while they were flying. But mm. I didn't, I don't mean to imply that Teams was like this little tiny little thing. Because no, it was, but it was, it was early in its life, right? It, it was still it, relatively early. Yeah. And I mean, and the kind of scale that they were hit with that fast and be able to manage it and not have epic outages. I mean, I know that they had some, they had the throttle quality. I know they had a change yeah. or like throttle, uh, like video quality, like everyone did. Zoom did it. YouTube did it. But just the way that they were able to manage that was so impressive. And then the same thing with Zoom, like the stuff that Zoom was dealing with at the same time, dealing with like, they got all this, this visibility. They had the security things that people started researching and, and exposing, highlighting, I guess, and making people aware of it. And then how Zoom reacted to it. That, those, both of those were just the, the impact that it's had on, on the, the, the way the, pand- the pandemic has impacted those yeah. things from people being worse, people being sent, work, sent home, work from home, and kids being sent to primarily do school in a distance learning, virtual learning, mm. has just been, and the two primary tools people have been using to still stay in touch with people, Zoom and, and Teams, has been amazing. Yeah. I think back many years ago, there was a big snowstorm in Seattle. And this was, oh gosh, it would have been eight years ago, maybe 10. Mm -hmm. And huge snowstorm in Seattle, which means probably three inches fell. (laughs) And (laughs) and a city came to a grinding halt. And suddenly everybody at Microsoft campus was working from home. And that was back in the days where you had to VPN to work, to do stuff. And I just remember being at home and you, you know, dialing up on the VPN effectively, right? And it not working because all the VPN endpoints at Microsoft were overwhelmed with people trying to VPN into work. I think I ended up having to VPN into, you know, Microsoft through the UK or something like that because all the US VPN endpoints were, were blocked up. The tubes were blocked, man. And, and it just reminded me of, of like how far we've come of being able to work from home in our industry, at least. And, mm-hmm. and, but let's not forget that there's lots of companies out there that have really, really struggled with this this year. But Teams and Zoom have really stepped up to the plate and kept the economy running in, in many regards. Yeah, it really has. And it's been, it's been really impressive how they've done that. Yeah. There have also been some pretty significant acquisitions as well as part of maybe part of the pandemic side, but maybe not. Yeah, um, maybe they wouldn't have happened. I don't yeah, know. It's so, hard to say. So, Slack got acquired by Salesforce. TikTok got acquired-ish, Ish? run-ish, run-ish. Oracle did. They got Oracle. I don't even um, know if that's still on. Like, there's not been any news of that recently. What I've read is it still is, and like the and like Walmart is still involved in it as well in some way. Oh yeah, that was a big news story as well. Yeah, Slack being acquired by Salesforce was the, a recent one, but also a biggie, mm-hmm. huge biggie, like a hugey, and that will yeah. be. You know, time will tell what happens there. But, you know, thinking back a little earlier in the year as well, this year has been marked by kind of a battle going on in the cloud vendors for, I think, maybe the largest cloud contract on record, which was mm-hmm. the, you know, Department of Defense Jedi contract for, I guess, for cloud computing for the Department mm-hmm. of Defense. And Microsoft won it and Amazon's been fighting them and it's been back and forth and it's been through the courts and all that sort of stuff. And, it's been a, um, it's been kind of an ongoing cloud wars. Remember early in our podcast, we used to do these cloud wars segments. Mm. I don't know, maybe five years ago, four years ago, something like that. Jedi feels like a cloud wars item 
that's been back and forth all this year. It's been crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, you know, kind of dovetailing off the um, the Zoom security stuff that was going on. I mean, now it's like, and this one. You, really you bookending the year. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes because, I mean, it's the solar winds hack to see what the fallout of this is going to be, not only from, because this is going to take a while to still figure out what's going on and what, what has happened, what people have had access to, but to see how this is going to play out over the next couple of months, but yeah. then also to see when to stay as anti, as apolitical as I can, the current administration doesn't, uh, United States administration, the Trump administration doesn't seem to be doing anything about this about, or at least publicly, they're not doing anything about it. Mm. Mm. But the Biden administration has kind of made it, the incoming Biden administration that what that we're going to have in 16-ish days from when we're recording, or yeah, 16 days. Probably. Um, then we're going to stay as political <laughs> as we can. <laughs> yes, but they, how they've said that they're going to, that there will be, they've implied, I guess, my reading is that, that they want to do something about this, have some sort of reaction yeah. to it. So to see how that plays out, yeah. security side of this whole thing it's just man. i mean it was really the you know like i said the bookend of news this year was really solar winds and it's going to continue on like you say for for some time i mean even this week we've had it come out that microsoft now believe that they've been compromised in certain areas like this some of their source has been looked at and things like that source code has been looked at mm-hmm. whereas initially we thought reports were that they hadn't been compromised at all. Now they're saying they have. It's hard to know exactly to what extent, but they're saying some of their source code has been has been looked at, which is horrifying, right? Because the downstream ramifications of this are not that they did anything at Microsoft that would compromise Microsoft itself or its customers yet. Mm-hmm. But looking at source code is a great way to find potential bugs in the future to go get back into places or to... Mm-hmm make new exploits or to, you know, do things like that. So create new malware and stuff. So the the implications of them seeing source code depends of what, of course, but it's pretty scary stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's, it's, it's very scary stuff. It's very scary yeah. stuff. Oh, well, okay. So that's, a bu- I mean, there's, I'm sure there's some things that we're going to be missing here, but we wanted to just kind of hit the stuff that was the big news items that you and I have seen uh, that we took a look back at the at the at twenty twenty year in your review, yeah. yeah, big to us. Now, what I want to do is let's take a look back at what we were wishing and planning and goals and stuff we were looking for, and I guess let's see how bad we missed this one, along with uh, the rest of the world and all their predictions. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's give this a shot. This podcast is brought to you by Avpoint. If you like the Microsoft Cloud Show, you'll love the Shift Happens podcast with MVP and Regional Director Dux Raymond Side. Each week, Dux talks with one of the industry's brightest stars about their most challenging modern workplace or digital transformation project. He uncovers the players, organizational hurdles, and last-minute surprises that inevitably rise when ambitious people try to impact their workspace. Season one features FedEx, Wells Fargo, Heathrow Airport, United Airlines, and other industry leaders. Go to avpoint.com slash blog slash shift happens or search for the hashtag shift happens. That's one word, shift happens, wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe today. And we're back. All right, CJ, when we sat down and we did this, 
last, and this, we did this in episode 342. We did it Jan- early January of 2020. And we're going to do this again for 2021 as well. We're going to have wishes yep. and goals, probably going to be the next episode. But we broke it down to two things. In the past, we've done like predictions, but it was kind of like, ah, you know, we can't really, predictions are kind of, we got sick of it. So it's like, you know what, let's do this instead. Let's have wishes, which what we hope to see happen in the upcoming year. And then let's have goals on what you and I are going to do personally. Like, what are our personal goals? Now, (laughs) for the wishes, I'll do mine first, and then I'm going to let you do yours. So for mine, my first two are easy. I had a wish that SharePoint Framework was going to focus on reliability, and SharePoint Framework finishes the work that they started with extensions. And quite frankly, SharePoint Framework, they didn't do anything this year. I mean, at least (laughs) they they don't agree with that. But they launched support for the App Store. But I'm sorry, it was the most disappointing year for the SharePoint framework. They didn't do anything. And there's a, there's no pandemic that you're going to be able to, to blame this on. It was just, it wasn't a priority. And it, it's something that's really disappointing that Microsoft just kind of, just feels like they've kind of given up on, not given up, but they've, their follow through and their commitment to it is definitely in question. It's baffling. What are they doing? Well, Nothing. But it's just, it hasn't been a, it's not been a priority. That's the thing. It, it's, but what are those, oh gosh, it's, I mean, I'm sure that those people are working on something else, but anyway, it, it I, is sort of baffling. So I know what they've been doing. I know what they've been doing, like what they've been working on. And I know that the priorities have been different, but it's just that my question to them or my, my frustration to them that I, that I've expressed was that you guys have said, multiple years now that, hey, we're going to have more frequent releases of the SharePoint framework. Yet we've gone from, I think it was like eight releases one year to three releases the next year and then two releases last year. Yeah, it's like inversely proportional to what you you said you were going to do. It's like the three amigos. Like, do you know what a plethora is? I don't think it means what you think it means. (laughs) And it's part like that. And then the other part, and I know that they had engineering guys were focused on other priorities at Microsoft. And it's just like, I don't know. I mean, from the outside, I look at it going, I question your commitment. You're just not, you're not doing it. You're not fixing things that were broken. The same stuff was broken today that was broken this time last year. There's been some internal, you know, complicated plumbing things that you've done. But I mean, come on, you just scaled up teams when the middle of a pandemic was massive work from home. Don't tell me that you can't figure out how to do all. I mean, this is, I'm, I don't get it. Yeah. So fair enough. I was disappointed in those. My other wish was there would be significant improvements in the cloud developer space, make it more friendly for developers unless you have to pay to play. And that was more like my feeling there, which this was one of those like, you know, if you wish upon a star kind of a things. I was really hoping to see that you would have more free plans yeah. or easier for you to kind of get into dipping your toe in to being able to play with certain tech without... Yeah having to fork over a ton of stuff and say, you know, cripple my project to like, you can play with this as much as you want, but every, your resource, you have to delete the resource after, after three weeks or something like that instead of having to pay. And it just, that was a little there. I didn't see anything there that kind of made progress in that, in that States. So yeah. my wishes, I think all my wishes just kind of, yeah, they just, they, were, they turned wishes. to dust. Well, they turned to dust. Yeah. Their wishes. <laughs> they won't be the wishes going forward. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Know, yeah, along a similar vein. <laughs> my first wish was something brand new that blows my socks off from Microsoft TechWise to get excited about. I mean, there have been a couple of little things, like, you know, a couple of little things. Team scaling was like, one oh, that's impressive you guys did that. 
it's impressive, but this, my wish was something brand new that blows my socks off. I guess in a normal year, I would have said the, the Surface Duo. Did that ship? The foldable device? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can buy them. Yeah. Well, you can buy them. Is anybody buying them? Quite a few Microsoft employees that have bought them. Oh, sure. <laughs> and, but I don't know if anybody's actually buying them. I, I have no idea. But I think in a normal year, in a non-2020 year, I would have been impressed by that. Mm. And the reason I'm not impressed by it is because I have no use for it anymore. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a normal year, I would have been on that bandwagon super fast because conferences and travel and things like that, it would have been a great, I think it would have been a great device for me. Okay, but, that's where I thought you were going. <laughs> yeah, but because I haven't, I've looked at it and I've gone, wow, that looks like a really cool device, but I've got, I've got absolutely no use for it now. And so <laughs> it's probably the worst year it could have come out. It's funny you say that. You don't sit there like, I got an email from TripIt. And they're like going, do you want to renew your subscription to TripIt Pro? I'm like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have much money. No. It's like Alaska Airlines sent me, a, <laughs> sent, me, sent me a letter yesterday. <laughs> We're going to give you 30% off a flight, but you have to book it by the 15th, which is in the next 10 days. <laughs> like... I mean, the thought is, I don't get me wrong, the thought's lovely. I really like the idea of going somewhere, but, but not right now. So that was the equivalent of like looking at Alaska and just going, I looked at TripIt and I'm like, yeah, bless your heart. I'm really glad I'm not in your business. Nothing with the, yeah, exactly. I mean, I laugh, but it's the timing that's the funny part, not the situation, right? But yeah, but like Alaska, all I could think is 30% off. Yeah, that would be great. But you don't fly to New Zealand. I hate laughing at him, but it's like, yeah, sorry. I mean, it was a good deal 30% off any class, any ticket, any class to anywhere you wanted to go (laughs) that they flew. You would that they flew. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, so something that brand new that blows my socks off. Surface Duo (laughs) could have been it, but wasn't. Okay, Hilton thing is like going, these miles are going to, or these these frequent flyer or frequent points or whatever, these are going to expire at the end of the year if you don't if you don't book something. I'm like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you use it and you didn't actually go there, would you notice, you know? I don't know. Anyway, uh, something brand new. So, yeah, I don't think there has been anything particularly crazy that's blown my socks off from Microsoft this year. There's mm. next one. I'm sorry, I'm trying yeah. to keep... <laughs> I know. Right? Who knew that, like, a month after we recorded this, maybe a month and a half, month, things yeah. would be so different? Number two of Chris's biggest fail wishes of 2020, a cloud developer conference. <laughs> you yeah. could have taken cloud and developer. I would just go, like, a conference. <laughs> a conference. Any conference. I mean, there, that, I mean, that brings up a good point. There have been conferences this year. They have just been so absurdly underwhelming to me. And I just can't put my finger on it. Like, I just don't get that excited about them when they're virtual. Like, it's hard to get excited about a virtual conference for me. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't have a level of excitement that, but that said, you know, I wasn't excited about, I wasn't excited about going to conferences before either, but it was an event, right? And it was a, it was sort of a thing. There were good parts about it for sure. There were bits I didn't like about it, 100%. But Cloud Developer Conference definitely didn't happen this year. I would love a dev-focused conference to go to again. God, I wouldn't. Mm. 
Yeah, it'd make me happy. I'd actually look forward to going to a conference at this point. Not at this time, but yeah. I would look forward to it uh, yeah. in the future. I'm just, it's going to be so weird. I'm just going to run around hugging people. Like, it's just I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> it's just the biz- most bizarre thing. Like, I can count the people on one hand that I've hugged this year. Yeah. I, maybe I, maybe two hands that are at a maximum stretch. Because we've had, we've had a couple of times where we've done quarantines and then we've got together with people. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, maybe more than five. But yeah, it's bizarre. I feel like the first conference should just be a get together with people. Yeah. <laughs> Hug like, people. If it's going to be like what, uh, like, uh, what Ignite is, like going, you know that, that area where you have people like sit around the tables and watch the sessions? Like going, that should be the entire expo. We should just have like a gigantic cocktail okay. kind of a thing. Like going, I mean, I just, yeah, well, just. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going there. There's but just, just a lot of people touching people. I am looking forward to the day to going to a conference and being able to sit down with a couple of work friends that I haven't seen in a long time and just having a cocktail and just, just sitting there and just, I don't even have to talk, like going, this is just, just nice. Just shooting the breeze. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. My third one, Google and Microsoft gang up on AWS. I don't know about this. Yeah. Nah. I don't think they've done anything in particular that's really sort of challenged AWS this year. It's kind of strange, actually, that not more has been happening in this in this space. I guess it's been so dominated by the working from home and the change in work environments and all that, that a lot of this is sort of taken a sidestep. Yeah, I mean, each one of them has been working on their own things. I don't know if so much it's been, let's focus on what the competition, what the other guys are doing. But a lot of the focus too, I think, has been, like if I was in Microsoft space or if I was in Google space, I'd be like, all right, we got to make sure that the Google Cloud platform is being able to scale up Google Meet, which is their version of, I guess, their version of like video calling and Skype and Teams. Yeah. Yeah. And Microsoft is like, we got to make sure that, you know, that Teams is robust and we can handle all the extra load that's coming on, the amount of data that's coming in, that people are moving their organizations to Microsoft 365. It's kind of like going, we don't want to, I'm not focusing on the competition. Our business, I mean, all these guys, their business has grown like crazy. So it's like, yeah. we don't need to sell anybody. Like the pandemic's been fantastic for us, but we're like, we're slammed. So yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, I think that's probably the case. So yeah, I'd give own. that a, a pretty much 0 for 3. <laughs> <laughs> both of us are sitting there with, uh, was it the, we're both sitting there pretty empty on our wishes. But now, but here's something that we can have a little bit more control of our goals were more personal like thing. So yeah, this was stuff that was kind of, it could have been work stuff. It could have been like personal stuff. Again, there's no way that we could really know, you know, where things were going with this, but how about you start off with your goals first and you sure. share, I'll let you go first this time. Sure. Speaking of over three, so the, <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not entirely. I get, I might, might give myself half a point here. So work-life balance and health, me first was one of my goals. I think I've actually done all right at this this year because A, because I've been forced into it, I think, in a lot of ways with travel and like I I did not have a good period of my life in late last year. Sorry, the late 2019, yeah. early 2020. I was just, yeah, I was definitely having some challenges with this. And, but I think the pandemic in some respects has made me slow down. And obviously spend more time with family, like all the time with family, which has brought its own set of challenges and lots of families, I suspect. But but we've done pretty well and, and I have nothing to complain about here. So, you know, my kids are still alive and I'm still married. So that's a win. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, I think I have, I've definitely, I felt like this year I've crossed a bit of a hump about putting me first and not, not uh, prioritizing work. So that's been, I think I give myself that that's, but in some ways it's been forced upon me, not, not done myself. Does that make sense? It does. But I mean, it's also, I wouldn't be too discounting of that because I'm sure you, you know, people that are like this as well, that I know families that have been just like you and me, but I know a lot of families that have been pushed into this work from home, school from home thing that have had a very hard time with it. Yeah. And I don't mean like families falling apart, but just everyone's just like, I mean, there is some of that, I'm sure, but they're of just how well they've been able to handle it. And like, yeah, they're been, and I'm not saying that, that you and I are, are perfect on this whole thing and that we've done a great job with it, but it's like, and you, you're the only judge that can be a judge of you, but I think that, I think that you give yourself, it's been its own challenges and it's, yes, you've been yeah. forced to work from home and stay from home and it's killed the, tra- it killed the travel. But I mean, that's a, it's still, it's, it's, that brings on its own challenges. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's certainly been a challenging year in other aspects, but I think I have been prioritizing me above work for the first time in many years, which has been really good. Good. That's good to hear. The next one. Now, this one was completely forced upon me and had nothing to do with <laughs> nothing to do with self-motivation whatsoever. Run three to five half marathons. That was a goal. First up, like, I mean... Honestly, it was really just the pandemic that did this to me. Like I could, (laughs) (laughs) I blame the pandemic on this one. Like I was right up there with no training and not taking it seriously and really just (laughs) falling on my face on this one. No races really happened. No, they didn't. But I would be lying to you if I said I would have done one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I wasn't going to take you to task. You know where I'm go. going with that? So, so I'm basically blaming it on the pandemic and saying, yeah, well, sure. But there have been no races that have happened. How convenient to blame it. How convenient. But I still could have gone and run the distance. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a zero for that one for sure. And the third one, next big iteration of cloud market share, which is, so I wrote that website a little while back. I haven't been keeping up with it. It's definitely a miss. I wanted to go build a new version of it and didn't. I've played around with a bunch of other side projects in, in its place. So I've done other things, I guess. More interest project type things, which have been which have been more fun. That's cool. Yeah. This is fascinating timing for these, right? Because we made them, like reading them, I was like, man, I really made them when life was different. Mm-hmm. You know? Things were very different when we did this. Taking yourself back to this, there were two or three times in January of last year that are like burned into my into my memory. One of, yeah. I've already gone through two of them. One of them was that whole Seattle trip and fl- that day flying home, the day before the Super Bowl. Yep. That's burned in my head. One sitting at the dining room, dining room table with my family and kids getting up, leaving the table and Meredith looking at me and just being like, why are you... S- I'm a little freaked out now because you're actually freaked out about this and you're usually the one that doesn't get freaked out about stuff. I'm like, I'm not right. freaked out, but I'm definitely my, my alarm's up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then honestly doing this exercise, doing when you and right. I did this exercise looking forward, I was like, I remember I had just, I spent, and I'll, I'll do mine in a minute, but I mean, I, I remember I sat down and I planned out, here's what 2020 is going to be about for our company, for what I want to do personally, but here's really what I want to do for the business. And then watching all those plans just get thrown away, like within just a couple of weeks and just be like, yep. all right, now we're going to try and keep lights on. Yep. Fair enough. 
huge ch- set of changes there for sure. Yeah. So your goals, looking back, you want to go through yours and uh, and discuss them? Because, yeah, you've had a crazy year. It's been crazy. Like everybody else, it's been crazy. So the first two are work, business, professional side. The other, the third one is, is personal. So the first one was completing my SharePoint framework course in the first half of this year. I'll give myself a point for that because it was, co- I was content complete in June. I will blame the pandemic on that because it was very helpful. It just kind of, everything just kind of stopped. It was really easy to focus on the course when the customers stopped coming. <laughs> right. Which is good and bad, right? It was very bad good. Bad and very good. Yeah. yeah. My second bullet point that I had, the second goal was Voitano's growth, including back office and marketing revamp. And the idea there was that I really wanted to get my get my sea legs under me to get things more automated and get things more into control as things were really just a mess. And yeah, I'm going to give myself like, I guess three quarters of a point on this one, or maybe a half a point part because the back office and marketing revamp, I did do a lot there. Um, got a new website stood up and launched in August, got a bunch of other stuff done around that to really make things better for the business. The one thing that was the growth. I mean, I had a specific financial target and percentage growth for the company. And, you know, it's funny, one of the most interesting things about this pandemic that I've been the most intrigued or entertained or whatever you want to call by is how this pandemic has helped and hurt and how it has impacted both in a positive and negative way, certain businesses. Mm -hmm. And it's how the hospitality industry was kind of obvious that that was going to get nailed. Like, Restaurants, hotels, cruise ships, airlines. That was kind of obvious that that was that when that start when all this started up, like going, this isn't going to be good for those guys. But some of them, like I thought the same thing with like small business and training. I thought that, that we were going to get decimated because corporate um, budgets were just going to get slashed left and right. I talked to some of my colleagues in similar businesses, and they're like, we're making a killing right now. Business is booming. Things are fantastic because everyone's doing work from home and they're having to do teams training and stuff. I'm like, well, that's kind of funny because all those budgets that went for people learning, doing developer training, apparently they all went to work from home because they're not on my side anymore. They're gone. Yeah, yeah. So my idea for growth would just change. And thankfully we had a good end of 2019. And so I had a bunch of money set aside that was like, we're going to do this to invest in the business. And by the end of February, I was like, that's going to be our let's keep the lights on. And so I gave up on the growth thing. I just was trying to make sure we made it through the year. And that's a win. I think I I looked at in the middle of March or the end of March. I looked at, I looked at marathon. I'm like, my goal is to end the year down 15 to 20%. If we can do that, then I'm okay. Mm. And my wife does the year end numbers or the, the month end numbers. And then that'll give me the year end numbers. And I, we're definitely down, but we're not as bad as I thought we were going to be. So I take that as a win. I'm, I'm happy. That's a, that's a I'm great satisfied. result, all things considered, right? Yeah. That's, yes, I think so. <clears throat> I'm happy with how that went. So I'm, I'm going to give myself like three quarters of a point. I didn't grow, but I, I was more afraid of things being a lot worse when April, when March and April were rolling around. Yeah. A very different place. I was in a very different place two months after we did this episode, I should say. Yeah. So my last one, like you, you had this was mine was more family and more play time, less work. And I'm going to give myself a full point on this one. I don't want to get into like the, the specifics of this, but I can t- like the pandemic had an interesting impact on me. I feel a better person. I don't feel mm-hmm. like a better person, but I feel better. Mm-hmm. And I do that because I feel like I have a better appreciation for 
how fortunate my family is, my mm. situation is, a better appreciation for where other people are and aren't as fortunate. So kind of opening the Komodo a little bit, I felt in the past that you do like charitable things and I always did them because I thought that you were supposed to do them. Not so much because I wanted to, but sure. I did them because like, maybe because you were embarrassed that you weren't doing something or maybe because you felt like you were supposed to do it or that somebody told you you should. Mm-hmm. And this year, my whole family seemed to go into a, di- a little bit of a, a more of a mode of like going, we're in a good situation. We don't need to do X. What would make more of an impact is if we did Y instead, like work at a food bank or make a donation mm-hmm. here or to do something yeah. else. And those things to me were selfishly, they were more rewarding to me. They did make me feel better, but I, we did them because we wanted to do them. And the more we did it, the more we wanted to do. And yeah, fair enough. So that to me, I'm happy with that. I did work less. I pretty much took the entire month of July off. We you know, like everybody else, if you had a vacation plan, things got changed and we yep. ended up changing where our vacation was. We drove somewhere. We went to the Keys instead of flying out somewhere. And yeah, right. we sat, we went to the Keys for a week, came back like going, yeah, that was really good. Let's go get a condo down about an hour south of us. And we did that for about four or five days. And then there was another week where my wife's like, oh, we got an Airbnb and stay down near my sister or near her sister and St. Petersburg, Florida. And I was like, yeah, I can't, I, I do have to work some. So, <laughs> yeah, got to do so, some work. Yeah. Yeah. So Meredith and the kids went and I stayed home and I, but I just plowed through getting our website done. And, um, but I did, I felt like I was more, our family got tighter. There was a lot more communication. We did a better job of communication. I worked out a lot more. Part was to get out of the house. I, I ran more. I don't usually, I do a bad job of running through the summer. This year, I did a much better job of that. And I tell you, the one thing that when it comes to like the, the impact of the pandemic, this whole thing, I found how much I really do dislike travel. And I didn't realize that yeah. I didn't, I traveled a lot before for work and the number of conferences I went to. That is one thing that's going to have an impact on me going forward is I'm going to be much more selective on events and conferences I go to in the future. Nothing against different events and conferences, but I saw how, I see how much it takes out of me getting leading up to it the week of, and in the to, at least for me, I'm going to call it the recovery, but it really is just getting back to your work mojo, your energy level, all that kind of stuff, eating and all that. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I have a desire to go to a conference to hang out with friends and see friends, but I don't have a desire to go just constantly be doing conference again. Like I used to. And no. that's one thing I do not miss. People are like, oh, I miss the travel. I miss flying. I miss doing stuff. I'm like, I don't miss that. I don't that miss any of that. <laughs> I mean, I miss seeing people, but not a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think twice a year would be fine. You know, it, it was funny because I went back and I looked at the number of conferences I went to over the last couple of years. I'm like, well, which ones would I do again? And I'm like, uh, and I didn't do a good job of like saying no. I just kind of said, yeah, I'll do that one again. I'll do that one again. That one again. And I was like, I need, yeah. some, I, need to, I need to come up with something that just kind of like, Where's my mark? Like the conference, the gone are the days for me, like going, ah, oh, it's a boondoggle. I get to go to a city I want to go to and get to go see a place I want to go to. And now I'm like going, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think, well, we can get forward to predictions at some point in another episode, but I'm wondering if much of that will ever come back. I wonder whether the days of large, big, large in-person conferences will come back. Because these companies that used to put them on, like Microsoft and so forth, will go, look, like, it's really not much benefit to us to do. 
and we've got these smaller kind of online things we could do. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not sure if there'll be quite the level of motivation for them to do them in the future. I can see both sides, and I don't know. I don't want to try and make a prediction on it because I really could see it going either way. I could see some of this. I could see the same events coming back together. I could see them being much smaller than they were in the past. I could see them being the exact same size. I can see it not happening in 2021. I can see it maybe not happening in 2022. Can see it happening in 2023. Like. Let's just say, so Ignite, let's say Ignite happens again. That's 25,000 people. Let's say that that happens in November of this year. They hold that event. Or the, was it the Microsoft Collaboration Conference, Microsoft 365 Collaboration Conference, or what we used to know as the SharePoint Conference. That's happening in Vegas in December of 2021. They had 1,500, 2,500 people there last year, I think. Uh, sorry, 2019, they had that. Yeah. So do you think they'll have that going forward? Like, maybe? I can see that, but I can see... I mean, it's a, th- it's a third party that puts it on, right? So they kind of have to. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, you can see like conference, like, S- you know, SharePoint Fest. <clears throat> you know, they put on three events a year. They go between like 350 on the smaller ones to maybe 600 on the, on the larger ones. Is those that going to be the same? Though. I think so. Those ones are a bit different because they're training events. I see those as training events as opposed to Ignite, which is more like a marketing event for Microsoft. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There's also the regional aspect versus like the global aspect or the, or the national mm-hmm. aspect. I could see both. I, I'm really curious to see where that goes. Me personally, I have decided I've made like no, I've, people, some conferences are asking for commitments on what they're doing, you know, the next year and stuff. And I've been like, I'm committing no commitment. to, yeah, I'm committing to nothing. Yeah. And they're like, well, what's your date? I'm like, don't have one. Yep, I gotta wait and see. I feel for the business that you're in, but I'm not committing to yeah. anything. I'll do a. I can do a virtual thing, know. but really, yeah. it really depends on things that are outside of your control. That's yes. the thing. Until I feel comfortable in an environment where I can control my environment, and for me personally, it's gonna take a long time to go through an airport or on a um, airplane to feel like that. Yeah, but like there's like there's an event that's gonna be in um, Washington D.C. It's on the East Coast, about a 10-hour drive for me. I know where the conference is. Hmm. Would I go there right now? No. In about four or five months? Maybe. Maybe. Why? Because I can drive. It's a 10-hour drive, but I can drive. I know the environment, and I do feel like worst case. Can I drive in, park my car, go in the hotel room, get food, however I do it, Yep. come back, go to the conference with my mask on, go to the stage, take my mask off, do my presentation or leave the mask on, do my presentation and then leave and not and feel still feel safe. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And so that one, yeah. that one I'm okay with. But other ones like, oh, we're going to do this other one in Orlando at this conference center you've never been at. Like, eh, I don't know. Planes, trains, automobiles. Yeah, fair enough. So I feel, my goals, I feel pretty good about how I finished the year. My wishes were complete wash, but... I feel pretty good on my goals, personal and work-wise. I feel pretty good. It's interesting to look back at them, and it's interesting to look back at them and go, "We're yeah, we're in a different headspace when we made these things. Got suddenly tipped on their heads." Like, I'm not giving us excuses, and more like, "Yeah, it's no surprise. A lot of it didn't work out." <laughs> yeah, they're not excuses; they're reasons. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Want to have some fun and do a pick? Let's do it. ACS Voitanos delivers on-demand video-based training for developers on the latest SharePoint extensibility model from Microsoft in his course, Mastering the SharePoint Framework. 
back to the show. All right, CJ, I'm going to let you tee us off here. What pick do you have for us today? So looking back at at days gone by and that theme that we've had through the show, you remember records, LPs? Yes. Did you ever have a computer that you could, like a ZX Spectrum or something, we booted the computer from a tape deck and you had to hit play on the tape? And then it would feed, like, you know, do all our modem sounds and load the software from the tape deck into the computer. Did you ever have one of those? No, I did not. Oh, my God. I'm looking at That was way. really the beginning of my computing career was, was ZX Spectrum and loading software from cassette tapes on a friend of mine's computer, actually. And I came across an article called Booting from a Vinyl Record. So there's a guy who has stamped or carved, I don't know what you call it, a DOS boot disk onto a vinyl record and then booted from it, right? So he's effectively put a bootloader and all that sort of stuff, enough to get the thing loading on a chip, right? And then booted the rest from, booted all the actual software from from the record. But it goes through, you know, how he did it and what it all looks like and And then there's a video which has an interesting title. It's called PC Booting from a Vinyl Record and in quotes, Ear Rape Warning. (laughs) Because because it's really a quite offensive sound when you, and you look back and you're like, actually, yeah, I remember that sound. That's like dialing up the internet. I remember that. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) But one of the comments on the YouTube video really sums it up. That is an absurdly complicated Needlessly, no, sorry, needless, useless, and over-engineered. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> First thing I saw when I, when I saw this, I'm like, oh, this guy definitely was hit by the pandemic. Um, he's had some time on his hands. <laughs> yeah, but it's like he's actually booting an old IBM PC from a record player, and it just blew my mind. That is so cool. Yeah. How about you? you? What do you got for us this week? Well, before I do that, you said the whole thing about like the the modem, like the bootloading sound of like a modem trying to negotiate with another modem. I mentioned earlier that we watched the Matrix and you had the whole yes. phone going and stuff. <gasps> Both my kids yeah. were like, what are they doing? And I'm like, it's their connect. Oh, hold on. I pause it. I'm like, let me explain something. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, but why did you have to use a phone to connect it? You just plug it into the wall. I'm like, mm, okay. So... Wow. Do they understand what a phone booth is? We didn't go there, but that... I wonder if my kids would know what a phone booth is. I don't think they've ever seen one. You know, it's kind of strange, isn't it? Things like that. Okay. Well, this has changed a lot just since I took a look at it earlier. So my pick, it involves the Hoff. Don't hassle the Hoff. I have found the original Kit Knight Rider car, the Hoff's personal version that he had. (laughs) It is now up for sale. There's complete with pictures of the Hoff sitting in it. Wow. It's drivable. It works. It runs. Everything about it, full conversion. Everything works. When I found this, it was... Even the Super auction Boost? Was, whatever yep. it is? Yep. No, I don't know. <laughs> when I found it, it was the bid was opening at $70,000. The bid is open for an, for another 18 days. 
And the bid is just since we've been doing this recording, there have been five bids and it's gone up to $350,000, $325,000. The estimate was it was going to go between one seventy-five dollars and $300,000. So the Hoff, if, he, if this is still his and he's selling it, he's going to cash in on it. There apparently is a... Hoff will personally deliver the car to the new owner. If it gets above reserve, and I, believe, I, oh, yeah. I can't tell what the reserve is. I think this is the reserve. I think it's already gone above the reserve, but yeah. Oh, it says if the hammer exceeds 25% above the reserve price, the Hoff will personally yeah. deliver the car. Yeah, and I'm not, and that's the thing. I can't tell what the reserve is. Yeah. But yeah, it was located in a UK lot. And I, this got me off on a whole like tangent, and I found one of those sites that just shows really expensive looking cars that are just left to rot. Yes. Oh gosh. Um, like I love Jaguar those videos two, on YouTube. The Jaguar 220 is sitting in a in a lot in Ohio, and it's just got dust all over it. I was like, "How does that happen?" Eh? My honorable mention. I tell you, this, man, you want to? I got one for you. How, do you have a Grail car? I know we've kind of talked about this. Oh yeah. Okay. So, or you can have a couple, but is yours the F1? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's an obvious one. So, what about a re- <laughs> what about a, an attainable Grail car? It bums me out to think that the F1 might not be attainable. I'm sorry. We're talking about the McLaren, the McLaren F1. Okay. If not Formula One like racing car, but like it's a street legal car. Something that's under a mill. How about that? Okay. Right? Because the McLaren's in stupid money territory, right? It's like 25, yeah. 30 mil, depending on how much. Under a mill is still stupid money, but it's not crazy stupid money for a car. Yeah if you're into expensive cars. Mm. So for that, I'd probably be looking at something like a P1, a McLaren P1. Okay. Not that that's under a mill anymore, perhaps, but I don't know, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you might have just set I've, your own limit and then broken your own limit. <laughs> I may have, yeah. In terms of sort of mainstream new cars that I could just go, not that I could just go buy personally, but that, that I would go buy personally, I'd probably get a, as a sort of a day-to-day kind of thing, I'd go get an Audi RS6 Avant wagon. I figured. I thought the RS6 was going to be, we were going to pull that one. Yeah. I watched something. It's been on my list to watch this for a while. And it, oh my, my God, it's great. If I could have this in my garage one day as a toy, a real toy that I would feel comfortable going to drive, I wouldn't drive it all the time. It'd just be, I want one of those original Shelby Cobras. Yes. One of the beautiful blue chrome roll bar. I want one of those. Oh my one God. Of my, uh, some neighbors just down the road have one, but it's not an original. It's a like a kit. Like yep. a, a re- but it is fun. stunning. There's a Netflix doco documentary on Carol Shelby, and it, it was you can, if you've seen Ford versus Ferrari, you'll probably like this. But it is all like it's interviews with his kids and his colleague, and interviews with him as well, audio from him. And it, it's about two hours long. And I think it's just called Shelby. And it, it just goes through his entire story. And it is awesome. Oh my God. It's so good. If you're a car uh, guy, mm. yeah. Yeah. I bet. I loved watching. Ford versus Ferrari movie and things like that. And that was really fun. So yeah, I'd definitely tune into that one. Cool. Yeah. All right, CJ, that's a wrap for 2020. It's been a good look back. Yes. A good look back. It's been back. fun. 
we will get together again shortly and we will do our goals and wishes looking forward to 2021. We'll see what we come up with. It's going to be tricky. 2020 was a hell of a year. Everyone calls like a dumpster fire and stuff. It's just, it's been different and it's definitely been a lot of bad, but yeah, it's been different. So (laughs) we've got to come up with, we're going to have to have wishes that are more than just get back to normal. (laughs) I'd like to be vaccinated. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I'd like to, yeah. I'd like to stop having to worry about my sunglasses fogging up <laughs> with my mask on. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, dear. It's the little things, isn't it? You know, there's, it's stuff you never would have thought. Of. You don't have kids that are drivable or that are driving right now. Yes, correct. Yeah. One of the things we've come to find out, my son's going to turn 16 at the end of this month. And we're having to find like times to go do like different situations and not just go out for a drive and just say, hey, you're going to drive us here because... He's a great driver, but he knows like this one court, this one track. It's from our house to the swim practice and back. Yeah. And granted, there's been two different pools, but it's like you need more diversity. <laughs> we gotta, you yeah. just so. Yep. All right. Well, right. we'll look forward to that episode and uh, talk to you all then. Yeah, man. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. You too. Catch up. Did you like this episode? Please tweet about it and drop a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find out about our show and grow the audience, and we would really appreciate it. If you got a question for us, go to microsoftcloudshow.com slash questions, where you can submit it as text or record it as a wave or an MP3 and provide a link to it so that we can play your question on the show. You can also subscribe to us in Apple Podcasts, in the Google Play Store, Spotify, or your podcatcher of choice. And finally, sign up to our mailing list by heading over to our website, microsoftcloudshow.com. You'll get notices of each new episode as well as the show notes sent directly to you each week. We'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks for listening.